What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome to the Nerd Party. Hi, this is Henry Gilroy, co-executive producer of Star Wars Rebels. You're listening to Aggressive Negotiations. Greetings from the unknown regions. This is Aggressive Negotiations, the Star Wars podcast on the Nerd Party Network that is coming to you from a secret location. I am one of your hosts, Jedi Master John Mills, and with me is the secretive, cloaked, and oh-so-debonair, strangely enough, Jedi Master Matthew Rushing. Matt, let's let's get another week going here on Aggressive Negotiations. How you let's doing? Let's do it. Yeah. I'm doing great, man. Uh, I'm uh, I'm excited to be back to talk some more Star Wars. I just feel like there's, you know, it, it's it's been one of those things that, you know, when you have a new movie that's come out, you have, you know, a TV show uh, like The Mandalorian that's come out. You've got the, the final season, The Clone Wars, around the corner. Um, you know, Kenobi supposed to start filming this, this year uh, in the summer, I think. Uh, you know, so that mm-hmm. um, you've got celebration coming up, you've got a Cassian Andor show, and you know the speculation on what will happen with filming uh, for you know the the uh, the film franchises and in the sense of what are we going to get next in the theater? You know, so there's just so much happening, and I just I love that um, you know. Sometimes, too, regardless of even whether you really liked the movie or didn't like the movie, um, you know, there's still always so much to talk about. I think we're we're proof positive of, of that. You can make uh, lemon lemonade out of lemons, you know, when it came to uh, for us, at least, you know, just our, our thoughts on, on like The Last Jedi. So and it's just great. It's just it's great. I, I'm I'm excited that um, we still have so much to talk about. We do, we do, and we've been touching on a lot of things, but uh, what would touch us is if you went over to the nerdparty.com slash contact and dropped us a line, uh, as uh, a couple of people did recently, and we, we want to acknowledge and thank them for reaching out to us. Uh, as always, there are always great ideas coming in when people go to the nerdparty.com slash contact and reach out to aggressive negotiations there. You guys have some terrific thoughts and some deep dive thoughts, and that they're always powering us and inspiring us, even if we you know we do reply eventually but uh you know even if it seems like um you know it's taken us a little bit of time we're here we're hearing you we are here for you we're here with you and you of course can find us over on twitter at the jedi masters is the show account you can find the network at join nerd party and of course the nerd party on facebook and instagram so uh you know that is our typical housekeeping song and dance right there matt and uh last week we were about to move on from the dyad into a thought that you had about uh evil in the star wars uh, galaxy and its nature and the cyclical nature of it um and the lack of creativity if you will that evil can show and uh, we decided to table it and bring it back for this episode so let's let's just go ahead and kick it off you had had that thought and so I'm going to give you a chance here. I cede the floor to my esteemed Jedi Master colleague 
where were you going with this idea that evil itself in Star Wars represents uh, a lack of creative impulse as opposed to the good? Yeah, I mean, the thought process for me had really stemmed from, and and we had we've touched on I think beforehand, but you know th- this idea that you know good um, is is something that is in and of itself a thing, um, and and that evil in the end is really a a negation of what is good, um, and because. Um, you know, good creative juices and, and everything that comes from what it means to be good um, is creative, like in and of itself. Like, um, you know, when we look at creativity, um, it doesn't come from a place of um, evil. It doesn't come from a place of bad. It doesn't come from a place of, of you know, trying to tear things down. It's it's always, you know, even... <laughs> Even um, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. You know, like you're all, mm-hmm. the the point is is that the good itself is is something that is always searching for some uh, the best. You know, whereas evil is 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 um is really something that tends to shoot itself in the foot all the time. And I think it's obviously something too we see throughout the stories we tell, and even just through um I, I think when we look at history, you know, evil has a history of shooting itself in its own foot and being its own worst enemy and um and not necessarily being very creative with what it does with uh itself and and how it chooses to function and i think we see that you know played out um beautifully in the fact that you know the rise of skywalker shows us palpatine trying to do many of the same things uh that he tried to do with with anakin and with luke um with ray uh, and thinking that he's won this time, right? Because, um, you know, he he believes that he has set up a situation where there is nobody to come help Ray, right? There is no other family there um, uh, the, to to help her than himself. Um, and what he has he has um, negated is the you know the sacrifice of of Leia um, for her son, and the effect that that's had on Ben. Um, and that just because, you know, you're not related by blood doesn't mean, like what we talked about last week, that um, self-sacrifice is, is only for those that are in your immediate family. Um, mm-hmm. And so um, I just, I found that really interesting, and, and it was it was something that um, I, I found as a personal strength for the movie rather than looking at it as, as something that um, is, oh, they're just doing this again, because even in history, I've seen evil play itself out over and over again in the same way, right? Um, and in and in that way, uh, the the mirror that we see um, for uh, you know the Star Wars galaxy, there's always rhyming, but evil itself is pretty consistent as as to what it tries to do. And I know I'm kind of I feel like I'm kind of rambling at this point, but that was where um, I really felt like this was something that that struck me and, and it stayed with me and. And it actually worked for me, and I, because I'd seen some people complain about it, but as I thought more and more about it, it it made sense to me um, that you know, evil doesn't really have any other lures anyway. Like you know, um, it offers power, uh, and that and it offers you know the ability to control others, and if that's not uh you know, 
seductive to you, then it doesn't really have anything else to offer in that point, you know? So I just, I really, I don't know. Tell me what you're thinking, because now I'm just rambling. <laughs> well, I mean, the thing is, you know, I think there are definitely uh, points there. I think that there, something that uh, I'm not going to necessarily agree with you in, in this sense, that I think that one of the fallback positions, um, you know, about that, you know, the, the the resurrection of the old demon sort of thing is the Death Star. Everybody can point to that easily. We got right. two Death Stars in three movies from 77 through 83. Um, but tabling that because there are so many different ways you can say you know they they secretly began construction on a new death star it's a different type of approach at the very least when the second death star comes into play it looks on it almost looks like the first death star you know survived the blast like there's a sort of like visual cue it's also a different landscape in terms of when the movie came out and stuff like that but just i think that to borrow a line from another beloved star franchise, uh, you know, a line from Spock is, as a matter of cosmic history, it has always been easier to destroy instead of create. And so that's very true, that evil is a response to creation, in a sense. That, you know, right. the dark comes about because of the light. Shadow is because of the sun. Uh, those sorts of things are very true, you know, and, and recognizing the the interdependence that... Evil doesn't seem to exist without the existence of good there first, because evil without good is in and of itself just there. It's not, it, you know, you have no benchmark to measure it by. So, you know, philosophically, I think we're very much, you know, in tune with that. To answer more to the point about, you know, history repeating, I would say that where I would give some validity to the criticism about Palpatine coming back is that let's take, for instance, uh, Germany between World War One and World War Two, right? It's, you know, an old evil resurgent, thought it was defeated, the war to end all wars happened, and then World War Two happens, and it's like, what happened? What we thought this was over with, right? But it wasn't just that Kaiser Wilhelm came back is somebody else came back and tried right. the same sort of idea. So the ideas themselves do come back because if evil is a response to good and evil only cares about right. power and conquering, then yeah, there's a limit to what it can offer. But it can get creative in the ways that it reinstitutes itself. You know, Sauron was not Morgoth. Um, you know, yeah. those sorts of things. Yeah, and and it's funny, you know, you you mentioned the idea of World War One and World War Two because that's something that um, I think that we had mentioned before on the show. Actually, this idea that the sequel trilogy actually feels more like World War Two than and and you know we we kind of have the the prequel and and uh, era kind of setting up what will be World War One um, in in the and 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 it really it. it the thing that really kind of struck me too in in this thought process was that you know the the evil that we see in the um, the sequel trilogy, you know, being an offshoot obviously of the evil that we saw in the original trilogy, and yet what we see is it being more fanatical, 
um, you know, it, it, and, and in some ways slightly more scary in its bent. Um, and, and even, you know, when you look at the, what Palpatine calls, you know, his, his, his final order um, really brings to mind the idea of the final solution. You know, mm-hmm. and he believes he's found the final solution, which is, you know, uh, y- you didn't like, but I, I did, you know, the idea of the fact that that every ship now has planet killing weapons. Um, you know, we're going to create an entire fleet of, of planet killers. So, you know, I, which I don't again, planet killing weapons. It's like, yeah, well, you won't bow to us. So we'll just kill your planet. It's like. Mm-hmm. But is that really good? Just if you're destroying all the planets in the galaxy, and there's like only five left, you well, know? I mean, yeah, that, that's the BS. Side but, of the but but um, I mean, but I mean, the thing is, that's always been um, sort of the the argument against you know war in the you know global war at least mm-hmm. in the nuclear age is like mm-hmm. people want to rule; they don't want to die. You know that that's sort of oh, yeah. that was yeah. that was what was always the the stopgap in yep. the Cold War was like, yeah, as soon as anybody makes yep. a move, we're all dead. And so nobody yeah. wants to make a move, and so it, you know keeps everybody at, at yeah. Time, and at and least. and and again, but it's so it's so fascinating to me um, because I think one of the things that, and again, I'll caveat this um, here. Um, this could have been done much better, but I do think that one of the things that kind of works is that when you think of it historically, between the original trilogy being like the World War One and the sequel trilogy being the World War Two. You think to yourself, you know, like we in our heads, we're like, how could this happen just 30 years later? And, and you know, we've seen it play out on our own planet, you know, that the the idea of uh, of, you know, evil rising very quickly um, and plunging us back into another world war. And so obviously, again, I'm saying hear mm-hmm. me on this, everyone. I think it could have been done better, um, but. It does work, um, and it and it does play out, I think, relatively well. And and it's another reason why I'm I'm not quite as as frustrated by the fact that they bring back Palpatine um, here in this this trilogy because um, when I think about the way that the 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 prequel trilogy kind of plays out as the precursor to to, to everything, and then you know you get the original trilogy being our world war one and then this is our world war two um and so um i just obviously wish that they had really sat down to think about that thought process and 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 really plan accordingly because i think it it could have played out even much stronger if that had happened um so yeah i mean i i think that you know and, and this is something i said in i think in our reaction show or whatever it's like you can back into this reasoning of saying this is World War Two to the original trilogy's World War One. Right. The problem being, if you look at it as a nine-part saga, we kind of already had World War Two, and then the rebellion. Its fight was more like it, you know it wasn't a one-to-one sort of thing. There, there's you know because it then breaks down into the jungle warfare, like sort of like a Vietnam sort of feel in Return of the Jedi sort of thing, which is what Lucas was going for. But like. Mm-hmm. You can, you know, if you if you really want to stretch it out, I, and I don't want to get bogged down in that either. Neither, you know, neither one of us wants to get bogged down in that. So we're, we're not gonna. But um, in terms of the resurgence of evil, I think that, uh, you know, I'll go ahead and because you've brought up the, you know, the the criticism where we sort of disagree on is is the actual coming back, the resurgence of Palpatine himself, and for. 
from my perspective, I can I can ameliorate some of my my uh, my disagreement with that idea, but still say and you even added plenty of caveat and everything. It's it's that it wasn't. Um, I think that it would have played better if it had been on a more uh, focused or personal uh, scale, I, I, you know, in terms of it, in terms of how it plays out. Um, you know, it's, it's something where it's everything is on such a scale that it it sort of everything undercuts itself. But but again, that gets a specific you know, film criticism, which we're trying to stay out of. But what I want to challenge with this idea here within the context of the saga is, again, setting aside the Death Stars themselves, I don't really see an instance of evil copying itself quite so much in the first six as what happens with the sequel trilogy, where it's, it's what we saw before, just bigger, or what we saw before, just thousands sort of thing. So, like, I'm offering you the opportunity. Like, what right. are, am I? Am I not seeing that connective tissue? Am I not seeing something no, that's as repetitive? Um, so, and I think one of the things that has kind of helped me a little bit in this is just to think of the the prequel trilogy as the the precursor, the setup. Sure. Like you know, um, and and and. Um, so Palpatine kind of putting himself in place so he can, you know, finally be the emperor. And then once he, you know, is the emperor, he does his best, you know, <laughs> to try and set himself up to rule. But at the same time, um, he's not only trying to set himself up to rule now, but forever. And whichever sure. way that that possibly could play out. So that also might mean for him that first plan might not work so he has another you know which makes sense for the guy who orchestrated everything in the clone wars um you know when you think about that and especially when you're watching the clone Wars series and you see the way he uses everything mm -hmm. to set himself up but also to use every advantage possible um and i think and i would say this this is one of the the things that i think the uh, the ancillary materials have been doing very well is is really setting up this idea that that palpatine not only was set a, setting himself up to rule with the empire but if that wasn't going to work he was making sure that he had something even better in mind you know later on um i don't think he just expected to die the way that he does um yeah but but at the same time that sort of speaks that the, the whole thing of him being killed by the person he thought he had completely under control you know speaks to the arrogance of it right oh, like yeah. he's yeah. undone by his arrogance sort of thing and i mean your overconfidence is your weakness right exactly your faith in your friends is yours but right. like it's one of those things where um i i I suppose that one of those things that I would then throw out there, because you know my my stance on the ancillary material is I don't read it till after the movie has come I, out. Right, right, I understand. And, and I'm not offering that as a criticism of you or anybody oh, else. Yeah, like yeah. you know, it's just two different ways of approaching the thing. Do you think that 
because I know that they have a scene where they say, oh, Palpatine's come back. And everybody's like, how is that possible? And it's like, and they throw out a couple of ideas. Which are, well, it could be this. Or maybe it's that sort of thing. Right. And uh, I think it was Dominic Monaghan had a right. role in that conversation. Yep. So he basically kind of throws out every right, idea a couple of from different Dark ideas. Empire. Yes. Do you think that if they had cleared up some of that ambiguity, some of what you're talking about would have been more accepted more easily by uh, those who are critics of this trilogy and this installment in specific? You know, this is the this is kind of the thing that is like I feel like you know you could have sat down for <laughs> and really uh, explained all this. Um, for uh, just for me personally, I think that they did the perfect thing that they threw out some I- the ideas of of how this could have happened, mm-hmm. um, and they give the line from Episode Three. And it's like that's all I need. I don't. I, to me, this feels more Lucasian than anything else. Like, which is I don't have to explain how it happened. It's space magic. It's a part of everything that I've like built into my universe. And so, like to me, that's why it works. Is because it's not so specific that, like, it's not Star Trek. It's not going to explain to me sure. exactly how it happened. And like. So that's what really worked for me in it and, and why I feel like that, um, yes, they could have given some, some more background. Before, but, but, before yeah, I let yeah, you but, go, though, hold on yeah. one second. I, I will say this. This is, the, to me, this is the real key to where it would have been different if the second movie had also been done by Abrams. Mm-hmm. And this was possibly hinted at in the second movie and then mm-hmm. pay it off in the third movie. I think that might have helped a lot of people feel more comfortable. Or maybe it just made this a, th- a three-hour movie and, and and gave everything a little bit more time sure. to breathe. And, and possibly that would have helped I- as well. So I, I'm not quite sure. Um, but that those are that that's just my thought process on it. Well, you know that you and I are not you know separated by a great distance on the idea of you don't right. need to explain every little detail absolutely right. not i'm not i'm not saying that we needed to have like a 5 minute dialogue with you know I mean, you're talking to the guy who made fun of people who said why didn't obi-wan say anything about qui-gon to luke and it's like yeah, yeah luke's freezing to death <laughs> on hoth and he's going to be like luke you're going to go train with yoda who trained me although you know what i know i know you're on death's door but Hang on for one second. Okay, there's a this really guy good story. Qui-Gon. You're gonna want right. to hear it. So, yeah. get some hot ha- chocolate. Han's not here yet, so let's just go through this. <laughs> you know, like it's fine. It's fine. I don't need a, a great deal of everything. Um, and I, you know, I think I think it does come back to that, um, you know, that idea of of letting it breathe. I think that there is almost. I think almost, I would say in response to that, it would have been even better from my perspective not to have anybody say anything at all. Palpatine's back. How is this possible? And the perfect response is, does it matter? Yeah. Don't even offer an explanation. Like, I think that's where you get into the sort of thing where it's like they didn't, Mm -hmm. they, they couldn't decide whether to fish or cut bait in that moment. Yeah. And it's, it's one of those things where it's like, because it doesn't matter. Somebody should right. just say, who cares how it happened? Well, and I, I think uh, this is the thing. So um, 
just last night, uh, some some friends of ours uh, have been watching the Clone Wars, uh, and they got through season one, and we started season two. Mm-hmm. And season two starts off with a holocron heist, um, yes. and then we get into you know the Children of the Force, where you see um, the uh, children that uh, he is stealing, right? Yes. Because he's hoping one day to have like basically an Inquisitor Force, but. You also just get the feeling from everything that Palpatine is doing in the Clone Wars is that he is delving into all aspects of the Force um, and mm-hmm. ways of survival, like from the Zillow Beast, you know, to um, what he does with these children. To I mean, just so many things like that this guy is doing everything he can to make sure that he will live forever. You know, right? Oh, yeah. And so, no, you know, of course. Because yeah, that's his yeah. stated goal, as he says. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm trying to figure out how he basically says to Anakin, we'll figure out how to live forever together. And what's funny, though, is if you do want to go down that road, you can then say that this reveals that he really didn't know the full secret, yeah, that absolutely. he was selling Anakin a bunch of right. uh, snake oil because yep. the only way he can manage it is through, you know, the cloning and the dark arts and everything is like he's. He's caught between death and life. Yep. He's at death's yeah. door permanently until Absolutely. something happens. Yes, yeah. and and that's kind of the thing I think that I love about the way that they do this. Like it 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 looks like there's very little of Palpatine even left. You know, like, um, and you know, like it. it I honestly don't. I'd be very interested to see what the the CGI is because it doesn't even look like there's a body maybe past like maybe his midsection you know like he's really just a guy that's being kept alive on a respirator um right. just waiting for you know uh somebody to come along where and like when you when you see like the cloning machines in the background i've i've noticed you know seeing the movie a few times like those cloning machines look kind of similar to some of the cloning machines that we saw on camino which is really interesting and yeah. so like you know all of these things that like this dude is doing um, to to stay alive, and and again, like what it it does show though is that it that hit the evil is is so he's so consumed with with staying alive, he's so consumed with the right. material. There is really no creativity beyond just killing to 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 sustain himself. Like you get the feeling well, I, that, like that's know, kind of what he's doing. Well, I mean, if you go back, like you said, they're, they're you know they're cribbing a bit from uh, Dark Empire, uh, which oh, yeah. wasn't yeah. my favorite comic series. In the no, world, I just read it. It's it's y- not very good. Yeah. Okay. Thank Actually, you. Actually, for... the art in it is awful, and 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 like most uh, of the see, story I, is not great. I disagree about the art because it's highly stylized, and I'm a big fan of anything that's highly stylized. So, like, I'm I'm down with the art so far as that's concerned. I think that as the, as it went to Dark Empire two and then Empire's End, the art. Mm-hmm did not sustain itself but i thought the art in the first one was you know it heavily stylized stuff mm-hmm. I, I really respect oh, yeah, well too absolutely but, like, but um it, you know if they're cribbing from that then there's this whole thing about like he has a whole ton of clone bodies but they die quickly because the dark side right. energies that right. he's using to jump from body to body and everything like that so that would speak to why he looks like a you know basically a, a corpse He's mm-hmm. he's literally the Walking Dead, yes, sort of thing. I, I think that maybe there, you know, could have been because he does say a oh, dyad. This hasn't happened in generations, and the dyad is what gives him, you know, it's a manifestation of the Force and everything like that. I would have, 
there there are so many would have and could haves, and it's it's a shame because I think this is a good conversation and this is an interesting conversation, but I think it just inevitably winds up taking you down those paths of, oh, I wish they would have had a story conference right, for right. all three, and they and it that that's that I think is what winds up muddying so many of these positive conversations. Sure, is that even if you know I didn't like the movie as much as you did but we can find this common ground but even you have to come at it from a perspective of well yeah you're you know we're all coming at it from a perspective of this could have all been done much cleaner yeah Uh, and i i mean i think the thing that uh is is really interesting is that all of that is true like but i do think that this movie shows I think it's just some real positives in the sense that, you know, they they really, when when J.J. <laughs> Abrams said F it, they yeah. they did. You know, they went for broke, I think. I And I, I, I don't think that they just, they put themselves into a place where, you know, um, they weren't going to try some crazy S. And they did. Oh, sure. And I think that's the thing that, for me, made this feel you know, again, it just made it feel more like Star Wars than we had had before because they were truly trying something new, but that felt in line with everything that we'd had before. And again, like when we were talking about this whole uh, process of, you know, when Palpatine comes back and, and they maybe give you, you know, do they need to give you the, the you know, cloning or dark arts or whatever. Um, you know, that's for people, I think, honestly, you know, that they are paying homage to the fact that there are people who haven't, like, watched the Clone Wars and stuff. But when they say those things, it immediately makes me think of basically Clone Wars episodes, you know. Um, yeah, and- see, see I, I come at it more from a perspective of, and I really do think that this is a, a sort of thing, and I, I think we we touched on this in the in the reaction show, but I think that there are a couple of elements here where and you and I, you know, because this is a discussion about creativity and the dark side and everything like that. I think that there are more elements here that will be responded to uh, positively by people who were bigger fans of the expanded universe than I was. And I'm not saying that again in any dismissive fashion. I'm saying that a lot of these ideas line up with some of the things that I wasn't in love with from the books in the 1990s. And I think that might explain some of the where the gears aren't quite lining up for somebody like me uh, sort of thing. But again, that gets back into the, the film criticism thing. And we're not, you know, we're not doing that. I apologize. I know I keep going down that road, but I'm conscious of it and I'm at least pulling myself mm-hmm. back. So, you know, there you go. But in terms of that um, creativity of the dark side, I think a final question to sort of like go out on here is would you want a show that explains something about this happening set in the time period between the trilogies or do you think it is better left to force the viewer to be as creative with it on their own terms as they're willing to be? I think there's a there's an interesting place to to maybe do this um, slightly differently, and it could be to do a show 
with, uh, you know, we get the the sense that in the movie that uh, Luke Skywalker is, is much more active than we had given him credit for in the sense that he begins to sense that something's off, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that he is is looking for these things. He's he's looking to find, you know, Exegol. He's he's looking to find to see if these senses that he's getting in the force are, are true. Um and so I think it, it's an interesting question. Do I want that series or not? Or you know, I don't know. It could be a comic book, or a, you know, I think maybe this is something that might work better in a comic book, really, or or a few novels, than to actually have a series play out at this point. Um, because I I don't know if I need that part of the story filled in. I I would say actually, you know, I feel like they have a real opportunity here, actually with these characters that they've created that if they wanted to continue with the story of Ray and go and do something new, you really could like, this is a place you, you have, you have unmoored yourself from the Skywalker saga to go legitimately create something new, you know, Mm -hmm. like have Ray create a whole different type of Jedi order that we've seen, you know, one that, maybe feels more akin to you know what we saw in 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 the eu where attachments not forbidden and those kind of things like try some really new things you know i but to me that's what i would be more interested in than, than really seeing them fill in um that specific story here uh with you know how palpatine came back and and everything because i Personally, I feel like they've already filled in that enough with the ancillary materials. Um, and I, I have a good enough idea as to how that happened. I don't feel like I'd necessarily need more of it. Um, and again, part of that was just my my personally, my imagination did kind of run wild, you know. Uh, and and I, I'm, I think you're in that same place in that sense of like, we both uh, enjoy m- many more times when we can just speculate and have really f- a lot more fun as fans with that mm-hmm. than them just spelling out everything for us and, and yeah. taking that away from us in the end. Yeah. I, you know, and I think that um, it's definitely something where, you know, you and I are definitely simpatico with that. I would rather them leave it alone. Uh, to sort of force me like I you know we sort of jokingly said this when we were talking about the dyad uh, last time that it's um you know it's it's one of those things where that's our you know our duty as fans is to sort of have these conversations and hammer it out in our own brains uh, as it were and uh, you know have those creative discussions and make it a participatory community building thing so you know, Rise of Skywalker, you know, in a sense, with some of the open questions that are there, at least, you know, is giving us all an opportunity to stretch our brains and not be quite so uh, literal with everything. So that's that's definitely a positive. And we love keeping it positive. So we would love to hear from you guys at the channels we mentioned at the front of the show. But Matt, if people want to talk about Star Wars or just about anything else with you, uh, where can they find you? 
Yeah, you can find me um, on Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, and Vero under the name MattRushing02. Um, I am here uh, on the network doing Outpost with Dre Kaufman. Uh, we are talking about every single Harry Potter chapter, one chapter at a time. Um, you can also find me over on the Track FM network. There are two shows that I do over there. When Chris Jones and I get a chance, we talk about Star Trek Deep Space Nine on The Orb. I do our general geek show where we talk about all of the fandoms that we love. Uh, in fact, we just covered uh, the Dark Crystal uh, Age of Resistance and the Dark Crystal uh, movie, which you know has so much to do with uh, the, the Lucasian-type themes. So really mm-hmm. cool. And then I'm doing Cinema Stories with my good friend Courtney as we talk about films through the lens of faith. Uh, John, um, if anybody does want to catch up with you and see what's going on, where can they find you? Right now, you can find me uh, here... Uh, on aggressive negotiations. Um, Retro Perspective has come to a close, but there's a top secret project coming up in the future that uh, you all will want to tune in for here on the Nerd Party. Um, It's coming up sooner than you think. Uh, And uh, in the meantime, you can find me out there on the internet uh, as Kessel Junkie, uh, either on Twitter, uh, which I just can't quit, or you can find me usually over on Letterboxd offering my... uh, my, my little nitpicky reviews of movies over there. But, um, you know, in the interim, Matt, uh, it, it's been fun, but I, my, uh, my Jedi chrono is going off, and I think it's time to close these negotiations. John? Negotiations closed. Join the revolution. Join the nerd party.